Voice? <laughs> that is hands down the best dope I've ever fucking smoked. Hold it now. That smells like a marijuana cigarette. to American Slacker Podcast. We can say fuck. With Matthew Gertz and Jesse Landers. I don't care if it's smoking. This is cool. That's a decent amount of sausage. This man needs a doctor. Yeah, I just hope they're tasty. What's up with these clowns, man? Cut the lights and went through people's pockets. Don't you point that at each other. Let them smoke a little. You need to, like, step it up to that point. We're not gonna, we're not gonna lead with the We're not gonna lead with the We've been pretty busy, Matt, I have to say. We've been hard at work. The uh, last few days specifically, we have been chiseling away, getting in contact with a lot of interesting people. That's promising to be a lot of good content coming in the future here. Now, I know that we haven't been uh, able to put out a lot in the past few months in terms of like bonus content, but we're trying to like make amends to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then some. Um, I think we're we're so overbooked. I'd say right now with uh, people, we've got a lot. We've got at least multiple interviews uh, every week or guests. We would say we never said interview, but you know, great conversations. And uh, we've we've already done a few that you'll be seeing soon. Yep, and a couple more booked. Uh, we don't want to make any any exact mm. promises yet, just in case yeah. things fall through. You know, you never That's- know. That's how you jinx yourself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to American Slacker Podcast. And as always, I'm Matt. And I'm Jesse, your, your bonus uh, bonus co-host. Some shows <laughs> you only get one. Yeah, yeah, we got two. <laughs> Wait, there's more. I'm the more. <laughs> well, some more people that we have to shout out are our Patreon slackers, uh, some of the people that help support the show monetarily through our Patreon page, which we suggest everyone go take a visit to. First one up is Dave Gunn. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, buddy, and uh, thanks for everything you do for the show. Next is Seth Anders. Another great dude, the Mad King, and a great contributor to the show. Then a podcast that helps us out is Crime Roulette with Kyle Nolan Bradford. Yeah, that's a really good podcast. Every one of you should be checking out. And last but definitely not least, Aaron W. from the Yes and I Am podcast. Ah, yes. Thank you, Aaron. And uh, I'd love your show, dude. Just love it. And uh, maybe uh, we'll be doing a little work together soon. Never know. (laughs) So we have a little bit more love to show through our pod shout out pick of the week. The way this works is we tweet out a link on Twitter to our most recent episode, and anyone who retweets that is automatically entered into possibly getting a shout-out for the following episode. So this time around, we got 23 retweets. Matt, that's up to you. Where are we going? I'm going with 13 because it was just Friday the 13th. Oh, good. I like like the the theme there. Thank you. Thank you. Now, let's see. Did we get somebody freaky? (laughs) All right. We got... At what is TWS? And you might ask yourself, what is TWS? And it's the White Pants Society. Hosted by at J.Flan and at R.Green. Their goal is to be unapologetically honest and equal opportunity assholes to all. Ah, oh, man. I like it. Based out of Texas. Ah, perfect location. It's good. It's good. I don't see too many. Actually, Texas is a place where I... I lacked seeing podcasts. I might. I must not yeah, be right? listening to the right ones. Yeah, maybe, maybe people will be screaming right now, like, "All oh, my favorite podcasts are out of Texas." You well, tweet them at us. We want to know what know. they are. We're definitely open to it. We're always down to check out new podcasts. So, congrats at what is TWS? Go follow them on Twitter, and uh, yeah, hope you're happy with the shout out. So, Matt, what do we got coming up in today's show? Well, as always, we're going to start out with the bizarre news in which we're going to talk about the latest soul to be claimed by the Carolina Reaper. <sighs> then we're going to move on. we got some music to uh, hit you guys with, a couple of good acts that we uh, think you'll enjoy. And finishing it out, it is the time of the year, people. This episode will be dropping right before 420, so we've got a segment to go along with the holiday. So stick around. Something very special. I want everyone to make sure they stick around for that segment. We have some information about a giveaway. Ooh, 
yeah, but it's got to be time relevant, so you better be listening to this shit as soon as it dropped. <laughs> that's that's the uh, prize you get for for doing that little insider information. So with our weird news, we always like to start out with a little bit of weed news. And this time we are talking about John Boehner, former House Speaker of the House, has gone flip-flop on his stance with marijuana. Oh, no. No, this is a good thing because he oh, used to be against it. Oh, okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, <laughs> I thought we had a defector. I got worried. No, it's it's a, it's a great thing, and this is uh, someone from the uh, right side of the aisle. Uh, this is a Republican who, you know, nine years ago was saying that he was unalterably opposed to legalization. He's now going to be sitting on the board of a marijuana grow uh, corporation. That holds licenses uh, for 35 cannabis businesses throughout a number of states. Ah, sounds like somebody finally got slipped a doobie. Never smoked one of those? You could smoke this? <laughs> well, he says he hasn't smoked. Uh, the, he, he makes that stipulation. He says he enjoys tobacco and wine. Okay. But... He's uh, flip-flopping and going from... Well, he he basically says, you know, like a lot of people in in the U.S., my stance on marijuana has changed. Yeah, and it's reasonably so when you see all the the research that comes out and proves that it's not exactly what we were told it was, you know, in the the drug campaigning of the 80s and the 90s, you know? Right, and I mean, just if you look at when polling started asking people if they were in favor of legalization back in 1969, only 12% of the population favored legalization. Now, 64% of Americans, including both Republicans and Democrats, want to legalize it. Yeah, I mean, there's so much money to be made. On top, you know, I mean, Jesus. I feel like that's a big factor in things, especially when like business opportunities come to your door. Then it's like, oh, well, that makes more sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. A little green in your pocket, a little green in your pipe. Yeah, we're going to see these mega companies, you know, fucking pop up as soon as it goes legal, like federally. It's just going to be corporation weed. They say the legal market is expected to reach 75 billion in 2030. Jesus Christ. And so much money is made off of it in just a few states that have, you know, legalized. Oh, absolutely. So it's interesting to see people kind of switching their stance uh, when they were so staunchly opposed to it. Um, I'm not, I'm not razzing him. Like, I'm not giving the guy shit. I think, like, it's cool. Like, come into the fold. We're not going to give you shit. Like, you're just saying what we've been saying the whole time, you know? So if you want to read a little bit more about John Boehner and his uh, flip-flop while and his joining of the Marijuana Firm Advisory Board, we'll be posting this article from Bloomberg.com up on our Facebook page on Monday, like we do every Monday, with our cannabis articles. Nice. Check it out. Now, we're going to talk about that Carolina Reaper, man. And I've just got to say, if a pepper has Reaper in the name, Why? <laughs> Why do you want to chance it? I mean, you got to be like built up to that to where you know you can you can subdue the pain that this is going to put on you. I feel people like people get cocky and like even if you are a veteran of spicy food, you, you always think yeah. you can do it and you, like especially when you step yourself up. I like spicy food, but I wouldn't do this. I would not eat oh, a reaper. Oh man. Pepper. And that's exactly where we're going. A uh, 34-year-old man had a sample at a pepper contest of the Carolina Reaper Pepper, and he immediately started dry heaving. He was trying to throw up, but he couldn't throw up, and uh, instant headaches that would last for a few seconds and stop, and pain in the neck. It just tightened his whole body up. Man, they had to bring him to the hospital. This lasted for a few days. Damn. It's horrible. Now, the Carolina Reaper Pepper, man, (laughs) this article saying it's 1.5 million times more spicy than your basic team bell pepper i don't know okay. if that's inaccurate <laughs> i feel like that's crazy the scoville scale yeah but it's a hybrid mix of a sweet habanero and a naga viper pepper i never knew this but fuck that's another intimidating name for a fucking pepper naga viper, viper. pepper like shit it's gonna bite me <laughs> <laughs> right you get, it feels like your tongue got bit by a fucking snake yeah and it actually has been certified by guinness as the the official world record hottest pepper and it was used in that fucking chip too that and this is another thing i didn't know there's that chip that you see like a lot of people on youtube like it's in like the single bag it's the single chip man the world's hottest chip and yep. it's uh you can't finish it it's not pleasant <laughs> Ugh. yeah it gets to a point where the flavor is completely gone and it's just like pain 
Yeah, there's no flavor with that. There can't be. I mean, I, I haven't tried it, but I just I can't imagine any flavor with that. Right. So he goes to the hospital, and they, they diagnose him with thunderclap headache. <laughs> and it, basically, it just, it's const- temporarily constricted arteries in the brain. Did he also get lightning shins? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of a thunderclap headache. I've, I've never heard of this either. And uh, apparently, it's the, it's the first case to be linked to eating chilies. Like or any peppers, oh, it's wow. it's odd. Yeah. What yeah, like but, did they elaborate as to like where when else you would get a thunderclap headache? Like if someone smacks you with a book in the back of the dome or something? Well, yeah, it can happen. I guess through reactions to medications or like drugs like cocaine or amphetamines. Oh shit! But um, <laughs> never never from like a pepper. <laughs> but what I'm imagining is this guy is like you know he likes hot food, but. He definitely wasn't one of the people that like takes him to the contests, probably, and was like, ah, let me try that. <laughs> and he was out of his realm. Jeez, and you said it was a sample, so I, I'm imagining it's not even like a whole pepper, it's probably just a yeah, piece of it. just like a little, you imagine, it's like... Why are they doing that to tab. people? What kind of fucked up sample? Like, <laughs> Well, I, in all fairness, it was like a, a festival for pepper it. Pepper fest? Yeah, I mean, so it's probably just a bunch of assholes that like subduing themselves, or putting themselves through... Tolerable pains. I mean, nobody's got. Do you think people that are like built up to it don't fucking feel pain, or are they good at putting on a face where they're just like? It's probably fine. more tolerable. It's just more of a tolerance. Like you felt that pain before, so it's not as bad as like the first hmm. time you felt it. But I'm just yeah. imagining the Pepper Fest bathrooms Ooh, are probably God. like the worst place, and they're probably like hell. It's like fun fact. The, that's where the world's highest uh, rate for janitors is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this. I'd imagine it should be, though. Clean up in the Pepperfest bathrooms. Oh, man. I want no part of any of it. <laughs> the bathrooms, the festival, the peppers. No. Well, something you probably don't want any part of is also Wrinkles, the Nightmare Clown. <sighs> well, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. At first, I wanted nothing to do with him when I saw his image. <laughs> but when I learned a little more from what you told me, he doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> yes, this we're talking about Wrinkles the Nightmare Clown, a clown for hire in Florida that his parents have been using to scare their unruly children into behaving. <laughs> and parents need assistance sometimes these days, man. I think it's the perfect way. I mean, there's a clown for hire, and he's going to do more than just entertain your kid. Right. He's set him straight. Now, Joel Mason, who operates in Collier County, which is, like, around Naples, Florida, he is a professional clown who also is a professional nightmare maker. Um, He has, you know, his normal clown getup, but he also has his persona, Wrinkles, that he's created, which is a pale white clown with a red dot on his nose, sort of frown across his face, and sunken black eyes. The eyes are what gets you. The eyes—they're yeah. unexplainable in words. It'll steal your soul. It's pretty horrifying. So, uh, parents have used him to, you know, scare their children. Uh, he appeared across the bus stop from one unruly twelve-year-old and scared that child <laughs> in front of his friends, causing him to cry and run home. And the parent ended up calling Wrinkles and thanking him very much, because now any time that this child's gonna misbehave, she can just go, "Do you want me to call Wrinkles?" We can get wrinkles back over here. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's just gonna. What do you think, trauma-wise, this kid's gonna like grow up? You know, like ah, I just feel like he's gonna have a therapist in his future. No, oh, definitely. I mean, I know people like get fears rooted from like childhood and being scared and stuff, and this is probably how like that clown shit happens. Wrinkles is uh, heartless though. He says. When I was a kid, it was okay to scare kids, and now they're all whiny and scared. I want to bring scary back. Oh, man. So he's got a passion for, like, terrifying toddlers. He wants to toughen up the country one child at a time. I guess so. Or, yeah, just create nightmares. Oh, man, that is a fucking nightmare. So oh. Watch out for wrinkles. <laughs> yeah, be careful, man. Well, that's not the only nightmare scenario we're talking about, because we're going to Kentucky, Kraken County, by the way, which sounds like a place that nothing good happens. Wouldn't want to sail through Kraken County. We've got a gentleman who pulled a B&E simply to do something lewd with a gentleman's toothbrush, and then, a few days later, sent him a video of what he did. 
you gotta wait those few days to pull off that that crime. Now, I've looked up this. I've looked up the story all over. I cannot find any more. It doesn't describe if the guy knows the guy, or if he just broke in, found like a cell phone number somewhere, and was like, <laughs> like did this. I can't. I cannot figure it out. He, I'm assuming he personal. knows. Him. Yeah, right. It seems personal. All we know is that he did a lewd act with his toothbrush and put it back. We don't know what this lewd act is, but I mean, we've come to the conclusion it's either gonna be putting in the toilet bowl or putting in his asshole. Straight yeah. to the butthole. That was my my guess. <sighs> and that's just horrible. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. He's just like, you know, I, I've always wanted to try this, and then like just like brush the butthole a little bit, and he's like, ooh, yeah, I do feel cleaner, you know, <laughs> just clean, cleaning it up a little bit. Ah, <sighs> oh, doing a real scrubbing. <laughs> Getting up in there and doing a real colonoscopy. Getting the uh, undercarriage uh, all buffed oh, there. Jesus. Well, you know, as I said, he he sent the video to the victim, and uh, the victim quickly called the police, and they did a check to make sure this lingerer wasn't hanging out, and uh, looked at the video, and then they went and arrested the guy. Now, it turns out the guy was actually out on bond already for drug charges and a stolen firearm. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say uh, for... Sticking someone's comb, oh, man, right? Yeah, pubes or something. Ah, uh, man, <laughs> so using somebody's offender. Using somebody's like family relic brush to just <laughs> brush his combing pubes, the, combing the pubes out. He's gonna full of crabs. Like, make I'm sure there's say no it. tangles. I'm gonna say it. A man like this, full of crabs. Full of crabs. His mugshot. Mugshot alone. Crab man. Look at him, crab, crab man for sure. That's terrible. Yeah, it had to be a personal grudge. It's the <sighs> it's only reason you right? leave DNA behind like that. I mean, it's got to be, but I mean, we live in a world where I could imagine the scenario of him finding the cell phone on the fridge, like, for emergency, call me, and then fucking be like, hey, I'm going to text you. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, terrible. Brushing his teeth with uh, with a poopy brush, possibly. Oh, <laughs> we, we got continuing poop stories with another uh, criminal who dove into a bin full of dog poop after driving drunk and eva- trying to evade the police. Well, I could see why you might want to jump in there. It's like they wouldn't expect expect you to jump into a shit bin, and if they brought in dogs, I don't know if the dog would be able to smell you. Well, I mean, I don't think any of this was planned. I mean, if it was, kudos to him, I guess. But but it really didn't work out. Um, <sighs> in Parkland, Washington, man was having a crappy night. This uh, uh. KOMO news. Report says, I can't rip off their joke. I just thought it was funny, though. Yeah, yeah that is funny. A crappy night. <laughs> so, uh, he was busted for drunken driving ar- around 11 p.m. after he ran red lights, drove erratically, and hit several cars in the Brookdale area, wherever that may be in Washington. About eight minutes later, a woman called 911 to report someone had driven through their gate onto their 20-acre field and that her husband used a tra- uh, tractor to block the car in. <laughs> oh, my God. The driver ran from that car and jumped into a uh, bin, I guess, where these on this farm they are raising dogs. So there's a and it's like a lot. They have a, a bunch of kennels, may I say, a shitload of kennels, and all of this poop's got to go somewhere. It went into a bin that this man jumped into. He had to have known. I'm just, just it had to have smelled horrendous as he's running up to it, like. I think uh, he was just in a frenzy trying to get away. And he was drunk. He was pretty drunk, too. Drunk enough to uh, run red lights and hit cars. True. Yeah, I guess when you're drunk, yeah. yeah. Just the, uh, they said, if you don't get out of uh, here, you're going to be in a world of shit. <laughs> oh, God. He literally didn't even understand the world of shit he was about to get into. Yeah, right. So he climbed out of the container, went back to his car, gave, his home, uh, gave the homeowner his keys, and he passed out in the car until the police arrived. Where he was covered in, where they found him covered in shit, <laughs> passed out in his own car. Fucking disgusting. And now you said that to to carry him away, they had to they had to kind of contain him. Yeah, because no one wanted to touch him. Like they said, there was a quote here that said, uh, "Now we have an additional problem because he obviously needs to go to jail, but no one wants to take him in." Yeah, I would imagine. Now, I was saying call in the fire department and spray him down with the fire truck hose. <laughs> well, they did call the fire department, but to bring a hazmat-type suit to just, like, put him in. And then they put him in the back of the police car and uh, you know, <laughs> took, him, took him off to jail. 
It's like a more human-friendly body bag. They just throw them in. And they're like, get in there so you don't fucking leave a well, trace on our car. <laughs> what made me think, what I immediately thought about with that is like, they, you're covered in shit. They put you in a hazmat suit. Now you're trapped in the shit the, smell. Yeah, that's you're kind just, of punishment. That's part punishment right there. Yeah, man. it's literally all over you, and now it's not going anywhere. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they, they should let him go based on that. He's he's fucking time served punished enough. Time served. Time, time served on that car ride, especially depending upon how far the. It's cruel and was. unusual. <laughs> man, that is pretty cruel. Well. Our next story is, uh, it's kind of crazy. It's its proving to be the end of the days where you can run anyway. We're going over to China, and China has 170 million CCTV cameras out. I, that's insane to me. 170 million that are that's monitored. That's why their YouTube compilations are the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we do get a lot of CCTV, like, videos out of, like, London and shit, like, places that do have this high concentration of cameras. But now facial recognition has kicked in and they're able to fucking tell who you are and this has become an issue for criminals and uh one criminal that we we found was attending a um a nice concert for pop star jackie chan Chung. jackie chan uh, yeah that's what i, I wanted to say jackie chan uh jackie it's like, chi- it's like chiang chiang I would say, um, in Nanyang City. And uh, so basically, he thought he was going to go have a good little time with his wife. He drove 56 miles away from their home to go see this concert. And he was like, you know, nobody will ever see me in a crowd of 60,000 people. Right. Well, unfortunately for him, they he picked him wrong. up on the, the cameras right away and were able to track him to a spot that he sat down with a, a group of people. And uh, that's where the police showed up and instantly arrested him. And he was just in a state of, what? Just so surprised. Like, how the how the fuck did you find me here? I would be too. And that's when they explained it to him. You know, like facial recognition. We knew you were, the moment you walked in. They gave him the James Bond thing, where it's like, this is how I foiled your plan. We have facial <laughs> yeah. recognition cameras all over the building. That's all I could imagine. We were like able to locate you immediately when you walked in. They must have been grinning so hard. <laughs> And uh, he said, you know, if I knew, I wouldn't have gone to the concert. Of course he wouldn't have. Duh. Yeah, right. I mean, but hey, I'm sure you're a lesson for a lot of other criminals so that they don't have to uh, go out there and learn the hard way like he did. Well, yeah. So I'm imagining they were like filtering them through like sort of when you go through like a turnstile or something and there's a camera right there. So it's like just a red flag alert comes up as soon as it recognizes someone. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and it probably marks you and follows you from that moment, man. I mean, there's no escape. I mean, they've, they've got every angle covered, especially at places like venues, you know? Right. And they have uh, an estimated 170 million cameras right now, but now they're placing another 400 million in the next three years. So they're going to double up. Wow. Like, over double up. They're going to add double. That's like 1984. That's like the big brother type of shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> You won't be able to do anything without it being on camera. That's scary. I'm just glad we don't have that exact thing going on yet here. And it's fine if you're actually a criminal, but, like, if you speak out against the state and the state doesn't like it and they deem you a criminal... Then, yeah. Then they can just, you know, ghost anyone they want. So, yeah, that's that's pretty (sighs) crazy. That's way... It's getting deep. That's crazy, man. We're continuing with international stories, and we're talking about singing roads over in the Netherlands. Ah, man, those roads. We've talked about them in our tech segment. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, some here in the U.S., there's some abroad, and they all do different songs. Like, I think the one in the U.S. does, like, the Star Spangled Banner, if you drive over these rumble strips at, like, the correct speed of the highway. And a lot of times that's what it is. It's supposed to be, like, uh, a little gimmick by the transportation department to get people to drive the speed limit. Yeah, yeah. But in the Dutch village of Jelsum... A a road has created terrible tunes. Let's just say it. Like it's it's frequented enough that uh, people are driving at it, like on it at the like same time. So it's like playing the song like on top of itself, just a little bit off, and and at different speeds, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just a collaboration of shit noises if it's off tune, and then even if it isn't, it's like just. The constant same song over, 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 over. 
and it's loud and the sound travels because I probably the the landscape in the area. So they said uh, one Saturday night taxis were driving from here we go. Lee Warden to Steins and on the way back, they tried to go across the lines as quickly as possible. And they had gotten the anthem played all night at high speed. (laughs) (laughs) And the anthem that it's playing is a anthem of of the Friesland region, a northern part of the Netherlands, which has a distinct language and culture. Okay. So, I mean, cool cultural pride and stuff, but yeah, if it's keeping you up at all hours of the night... It's like a line of taxis. Like fly down the road. Just oh my God. unintelligible that it's even like the uh, song it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just it's a nuisance. And I can imagine. I thought these roads were always placed like away from society where people yeah, live. Yeah. You'd want it on the highway or something. Yeah. Somewhere out away from housing. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, that's a... Uh, that's a, an irritant to the ears. Now we got we got something that's sore on the eyes in this next story we're going to talk about. Where we're going to Stockholm, Sweden. And uh, we we got an artist who um, wanted to make a statement. Yeah, wanted to open up a debate about sexuality and body and gender. And uh, so they took this depiction and they had a, a certain amount of space to work with, I would say. And that's how they probably came up with this idea. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, do a giant five-story mural of a, a blue penis and a veiny one at that, I would it say. It looks like an avatar dick. It really does look like an avatar dick. It like is Papa very blue. Smurf from like a terrible fucking Pornhub like, like sub. <laughs> I feel like somebody should be handing 3D glasses out at the bottom and just like, whoa. <laughs> As you can imagine, this didn't really fly with the people that live on this block because they got to get up every morning and go outside and look at they the giant cool. blue dick. They weren't cool with a giant blue dick on their <laughs> on their street? Well, you know, a few people had said, you know, they were cool with the, the idea, how it did, you know, it, the statement was opening up the debate. But <sighs> the people that have businesses on this street and the... Uh, I don't think the owner of the building exactly knew there was going to be a, a five-story blue dick. That's the thing. They said that they just learned about it on the unveiling, like the rest of the people on the sidewalk. That must have been a pretty shocking unveiling. Yeah, and that's why it's it's getting painted over immediately. <laughs> it's going to last about... They're going to give it a, a week to uh, let people take it in and enjoy the, the five-story blue dick. Whoa, whoa, but, that's your phrase. Whoa, I guess I said that a little bit. Out of order there. Um, but moving along, yeah, he wants to let people just uh, get a grip on this five-story blue dick. That doesn't work either. Um, yeah, he just wants people to be able to view it. Voyeurism, something about that. I don't know. Uh, so I would just give him a chance. Day I would laugh. It's like, and there's something shocking about the, just the color of it being blue, too, because it's like, first off, it's a dick, so that's shocking, and like I would probably start laughing. And then it's a, it's a different color than any other dick that you've probably ever seen in your life. So it's a, bl- a giant blue dick. And that's even funnier. So just every yeah. morning, I feel like yeah, that can only brighten the community. I mean, it yeah, might right? cause some awkward uh, conversations with children that you're walking down the street. But <laughs> besides that, everyone who gets it is going to laugh, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, this artist Art's is... subjective, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, this artist is known for doing a lot of abstract, like, uh, vagina work and stuff like that. And he even had a, a similar piece, just like this. A uh, four- or five-story penis in Manhattan that was painted over in six days. Is that I what mean, it says this... on, on their resume, you think? Abstract vagina work? Oh, man. <laughs> well, probably, because some of the like... statements, I would say, are pretty... Uh, <laughs> pretty lewd to use that word yeah this is what lewd means i mean she's like one of her uh, statements here i usually paint giant vaginas pussies and cunts oh, <laughs> she said that wow. in an interview to uh media and i was like okay well i mean i, I understand being open-spirited and everything but jesus having well it's also that i mean certain words are used more in europe i'd say too true right yeah i guess we're american difference yeah different slang yeah yeah a dick's a dick no matter what color. No yeah. matter how tall. She, she just I felt guess. like a dick was needed. That's what she said. <laughs> you know? And I, hey, who's, who am I to argue that? That, that street needed a good dicking. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> deep dicking. <laughs> so uh, moving on to our funny clip of the week. We have a 420-themed funny clip. 
Oh, yes, we do. And uh, God, do I wish I was in this crowd. This guy is like the Santa of marijuana. Man, how much do you think, how much weed is there in this smoke cannon? Well, let's describe what we're talking about. This smoke cannon has like, it's a modified leaf blower, if you will. Yeah. With a big glass, uh, like, thing kind of shoved into the back of it that's just packed full of weed. And this guy's lighting it with a propane torch. We're talking like a normal, like, 12-ounce glass cup at the end, too. Like a fat, big glass cup you would drink milk out of. Full of weed, just burning up. And he's just blowing it into people's faces, man. It's crazy. And he's (sighs) also, we can't, we can't like bypass the fact that he's wearing a suit that's completely weed leaves and he, yeah he is weed <laughs> like santa claus weeded out like this is what santa does on his uh his time off he's like just hang waiting for 420 he's like ho ho you know? ho let me get you high <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be posting this up on wednesday as we do every week with our funny clip of the week that'll be on our facebook page so make sure you go check that out Alrighty, now we're about to get to some music but before we do that we got a word from the Brothers Binge Podcast. What's up, guys? This is the Brothers Binge with your host, Pedro and Alex. As he sneezed, he shot back into a bag <laughs> in clear waste. Oh, my God. We are a weekly podcast bringing you all things movies, TV, comics, and more. Dusty Matt Damon? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Yes, we get it. You are an extra. You got paid money. <laughs> you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Brothers Binge. And he just breaks the table in half and just starts throwing it at him. <laughs> and remember, always binge responsibly. All right, and we are back with some music suggestions for you awesome slackers listening out there. Oh, yeah, and we got a uh, genre that we haven't really covered yet, and I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah, it's uh, it's a cool uh, two bands that we got to talk about here. They fall into what I would call like spoken word rock. Yeah, yeah, post-hardcore almost. Yeah, yep. somewhere in there. The band that I found is called Listener, and they are out of Fayetteville, Arkansas, and they originally started as an underground hip-hop project by Dan Smith who used the name uh, Listener as his, like, rap name, and they just kind of, like, rolled that into the band once he started picking up people that would uh, play guitar and drums. Yeah, yeah. And they are definitely spoken word. They stood out to me because I was uh, listening to one of my daily playlists on Spotify, and, you know, it was just so different from what I normally, like, suggested or listened to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why uh, you kind of started this when you sent me this band, and um, I listened to it, and I-, I dug it right away. And I got to say, the storytelling elements are like what appeals to me about spoken word the most. You really get that feeling. Yeah, it has like a, a poetry sort of thing to it, which mm. like makes sense that it was an underground like hip hop thing before it was a spoken word rock. Like it definitely, it yeah. seems like the two genres sort of mesh together, like hip hop exactly. and rock. Yeah, definitely clear influence. And the start of uh, Listener is pretty interesting. In 2005, uh, with the second release of an album uh, called Ozark Empire, Dan Smith uh, did his first tour of homes, which consisted of him entirely traveling from like home to home around the U.S. Okay. And doing a grassroots style of touring, playing like warehouses coffee shops people's like living rooms art galleries that kind of stuff and along this way he ended up running into different people the this band's had a lot of past members it's had more past members than current members okay yeah yeah that tends to happen but dan smith is like the main like catalyst in all this it seems like Mm, yeah so he also did a european tour of homes which is uh like same sort of deal went around europe from like house to house playing very very small crowds and stuff well i don't maybe not small but like you know grassroots no it wasn't like huge yeah. venues or anything yeah not giant arenas yeah just getting the name out there getting his art out there and then in 2000 so he's been going for since like 2003 he's been doing stuff and putting out albums under the name listener um, starting with his first one, Train, Train Song, in 2003. And in 2010, he released Wooden Heart after a year and a half of touring. 
So I'm surprised with the amount of like the volume of uh, music that that they've been able to put out with also with like this grassroots style of touring. Yeah, yeah. And he's also Dan Smith has also worked with a number of other uh, artists in collaborations with songs. So it's it's really interesting. They've they've had like a lot of different influences and worked with a lot of different people, <laughs> just in the band itself with having so many rotating members. But the sound has always been pretty consistent to, you know, that spoken word sort of thing. And the first song I want to play yeah. is actually off of their 2010 album, Wooden Heart. It's called Falling in Love with Glick. So she caught a one with the heart like it was her duty to walk the wrong, wrong way down a one-way plan. She was surrounded by, by forest rivers and beauty until that glacier flowed over the land. So, so she, she blamed herself, hey. that was falling in love with glaciers on the album wooden heart by listener and it's real. it's it's sing-songy but definitely a, a spoken word at heart yes and i like the journey the song goes on from starting so slow with that like an, a looming sad melody and then it, it just beats into something that's like upbeat and you More know positive. i really dig that yeah yeah definitely kind of uplifting yeah, exactly. Now, they've continued putting out different albums um, since Wooden Heart in uh, 2010. They've had pretty much like an album every like couple of years. They had one in 2013 called Time is a Machine. And then one in 2018, so this year, uh, called Being Empty, Being Filled. And that's the what I'm going to play the next song off of. But before we get into that, I wanted to mention some of their tour dates. They are going to actually be touring around the U.S., Okay. In April, they're going to be in North Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee. In May, they're going to be in Louisiana and Texas. The end of May, they're going to be in Colorado. So, And if you want, you can go to IamListener.com slash tour, and it has all those tour dates on there. And they're pretty much stopping everywhere and anywhere, it seems like. Yeah, that's pretty nice. So people have a fair chance of actually catching them. Yeah, and, and to give you an idea of what they've been working on with their, this 2018 album... It's pretty interesting. It's called Being Empty, Being Filled. And Dan Smith says that he took his idea for this album was to look at different inventors and try and think about life from their perspective and being able to change the world with like self-sacrifice and stuff. Yeah. It's it's an interesting concept. And so, you know, he covers in throughout different songs. There's supposed to be an allude to a certain inventor. So like, uh, the second song on the album, Folded Little, Little Folded Fingers, is about moms and dads and the invention of life, which is an interesting way to look at it. Uh, the, their song, Ad Blue, is about Mary Curie, the scientist, and okay. uh, Bloodshot slash New Love is about Buckminster Fuller. So it's like he took different inventors or like uh, scientists, just people that had influence on human uh, humankind okay. in some way. Yeah, that's really neat to expand on, like, well-known people. Yeah, I thought that was an inter- definitely an interesting way to, to go about it. Yeah. And the song that I chose uh, off of Being Empty, Being Filled is uh, the sixth song on the album called Shock and Value, and this one's about Nikola Tesla. Awesome. I like it already. <laughs> and it's supposed to be sort of from his perspective towards the end of his life when he's living alone in his hotel room in Manhattan. And just, you know, the cruel world that he lived in and tried to change and stuff. It's a very interesting take on the song from, from the creator. I, I like it. Alrighty. So this is Shock and Value on Being Empty, Being Filled by Listener. Well, I'd some spending a lifetime 
I'm chasing shadows around, trying to change where the sun comes from. Tracking dots on the screen that could just be birds. Or, or someone, a thing that wants to come in your home and live there instead of you. You've got panic in your eyes and in your mind. But like the columns in the sky, you make for us all to climb on. That all got pulled down and you had to watch it. Digging more holes to pay for your principles to just get filled up and got too much to take in. This, 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 is this what you thought it would be? You. It's only showing you more what you've been having Behind your door on the 33rd story The only sins in your side are the birds on your window And not the ones who want to take everything you made And use it for their own and tell you Nothing you wanted to make made sense You want to you wanna tear the world apart of the one inside of you So that was Shock and Value by Listener And again, it's based off of Nikola Tesla And I guess showing some some homage to the great inventor and great inventors. I like how that one gets a little metal in it. Yeah. You know, that's uh, really cool. How they just like, and I, I see that's a common thing with a good spoken word band is that they really try to bend the genre underneath, you know? Yeah. It kind of reflects like they're, uh, if the music reflects the tone of what's being said, it's that much more impactful. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those are some songs by Listener. I hope uh, everyone had enjoyed them. You know, it might not be your cup of tea. So a, a little different for sure. But we'll be posting those up on the Facebook. So Matt, who do, who do who you got to bring to the table here? Well, you know, I've got to say my band is uh, it's similar to your band. It's Me Without You. And it's a band that I've, I've dug for a while. I um, had a limited view on them before. I uh, liked uh, just a few of their songs, and uh, I didn't really dive into it. But uh, after you know, we started talking about what we were going to cover this month for the music. I uh, dove into these guys a little more, and uh, I've got to say, I really the genre, the genre bending underneath spoken word is amazing. And the two bands we chose are really good at doing that. And Me Without You goes from being you know a sad country song to you know very maybe metal like in a split second you know <laughs> and i can dig that you know especially with a limited atten- attention span you know like i have <laughs> it's like listening um, to girl talk or legion of doom like mixes yeah it up. <laughs> i love those mixes oh yeah but uh me without you is a band that started as a side project and it consists of the weiss brothers aaron and michael um they, they originally were in a band called the operation and they came up with this idea to do the spoken word and uh tuned out you know like there are other project actually and they picked up richard mazzato brandon beaver and dominic angelella and uh man this band is awesome they work with a lot of other musicians too when they're doing live performances you know they have like a harpist you know people on piano trumpet trombone accordion um extra extra vocals you know all kinds of things to bring the element of the storytelling into the show and uh, I've got to say, yeah, I just the first song I ever heard from these guys is the one I'm gonna lay on you guys, and it's uh, it's a very upbeat song. It's not as much spoken word, I would say, as you would expect, but uh, it's very upbeat and a lot of yelling, and it's fun. <laughs> nice. And uh, this is one of their earlier albums too. This is uh, Catch Catch for Us the Foxes, which came out in 2004, and I believe it was their second full album. And this song is January 1979.
said, it's a more upbeat song. And this is a song that a buddy of ours showed me way back in the day. And uh, I really, I really loved it right away. And I uh, actually had to buy it on iTunes back in that day. Like, that was, that's how long ago this was. And I, I remember first hearing that song in a Legion of Doom remix. Oh, man. Yeah, there is one with that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the song they mixed it with, but it was really cool, actually. Um, Legion of Doom, yeah. That's, like, something you don't hear about much these days. Those mix-ups were fucking killer back in our day. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the song, it's a great song, goes all over the place, and, uh, you know, it's, it's very aggressive, I really enjoyed that, and very melodic. Oh, it's Under Oath. Oh, really? What Dangerous was the song? Dangerous Business Since 1979. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did a lot of cool ones. Uh, Devil in a Blue Dress, Coheed and Senses Fail, that was right. one of my favorites. But Me Without You, their part in that song always stood out to me, and I was like, damn, that's like a really cool band. Yeah, man. And, uh... You know, they have a really deep influence of uh, religion in all of their undertones. Um, it's, it's a crazy story because the uh, Weiss brothers, they're Jewish descent, but they were raised in a Muslim home. Um, and then they were converted to Christianity. So oh, wow. they've explored a lot with religion, and a lot of their lyrics will reflect that, and the stories based in these will that Biblical you're very familiar with, you know? Yeah. From the Quran. Yeah, and just like you said, you know, taking a person, they're taking a lot of, like, different stories throughout time mm-hmm. and uh, converting them into these stories that are just really passionate and melodic. Right. Yeah, and uh, the next song I'm going to choose is off their following album that came out in 2006 called Brother Sister. And this song is very melodic, I'll say. Like, this is why I love this song. And it's, um... <sighs> It's just, it's different. It's different from the last one by far. So it's like, it's not, it's like you could almost be like, that's a different band, you know? Right. And it was very hard to choose the second song because they have a lot of stuff that's like folk, you know, or just alternative. And it's like, shoot, you know, like, what do I want to, what do I want to put out there to give the image, you know? It's hard to do with bands like this. But this song, it's, it's called In a Sweater, Poorly Knit. And I really dig it. So check it out. In a sweater poorly knit and an unsuspecting smile Little Moses drifts downstream in the Nile A fumbling reply, an awkward rigid laugh And I'm carried helpless by my floating basket raft Your flavor in my mind is back and forth between Sweeter than any wine, as bitter as mustard greens And it's light and dark as honeydew and pumpernickel bread Trap I set for you seems to have caught my leg instead. Go plow some other field, try and forget my name. We'll see what harvest yields, and supposing I do the same, I plant a rose. By the first week of July They should have come up to my knees But they were maybe ankle high Take the fingers from your flute To weave your colored yarns And boil down your fruit To preserves and mason jars And the books are overdue And the goats are underfed The trap I set for you Seems to caught my leg instead That was In a Sweater, Poorly Knit from the 2006 album Brother Sister. And, uh, yeah, like, I just I love the melodic content of that story and uh, of that song that creates the story, rather. And it's just like, oh, man, I don't know why. It just reminds me of, like, the music from, like, Edward Scissorhand or something. You know, it's just like, I imagine, like, a snowy scenery. Like, and I could just, like, envision the story. Yeah. You know? Like you said, very melodic and it's very different. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, and you can see the work of like the piano and the harp in that song, you know, which is really cool that they bring in the, all the elements of it, you know, and it's, it's got ballad-y. a kind of, yeah, it's got a little bit of folk, but you really don't want to classify that as folk, and I mean they really do have folk like music. It's like it's just totally different than what I've played today, um, and they're definitely just a band of variety. 
and yeah. they're one of the f- they're one of the few bands that do produce a good amount of their content on vinyl too, which I really dig. I love when bands oh, that's make cool. sure to do vinyl prints, so you can get like all of their albums and a bunch of their EPs on um, vinyl too. If you're one of those vinyl hipsters, that's awesome. I I definitely have a couple vinyls in our house. Yeah, I know you got a couple. Yeah, yeah. I used to have one, and uh, I just I uh, went with a bad breakup. Unfortunately, <laughs> got rid of it. But, yeah. So, but if you want to check out Me Without You, uh, they have a little action. They don't do tours really anymore, um, but they do reunite reunion shows, basically. I would say. Okay. So you can check them out coming up. Um, they will be playing at the Three Stacks Music Festival 2018, and that's in Rio Town, Lansing, Michigan. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so if you're out there in Michigan, check it out. But other than that, I don't see any other dates, man. So it's like they're a hard-to-find band. Check them out on our Spotify playlist, then. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so make sure to check out both bands that we've recommended today, Listener and Me Without You. They'll both be put up on that American Slacker Spotify playlist. Yeah, man. Hours of content now. So now let's hear something from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast. Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. I speak to a wide variety of guests, from travellers to musicians to those afflicted with mental or physical illnesses. There's really no subject that's off limits, from movies to politics and even controversial topics ranging from sex to drug reform and political correctness. So if you still believe in the art of conversation, are intrigued by healthy debates with different ideas and perspectives you may not have thought of, and want a podcast where every episode is about something different with a variety of guests, then this may be the podcast for you. You can hear us on YouTube and all your favourite podcast apps, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. So if you want to hang out and listen to honest conversations with interesting people, then come to Genuine Chit Chat, where I'm your host, Mike Burton. And we're back, and uh, being the kind of stoner show that we are, I feel like it's only right to have a little bit of a segment dedicated to this episode coming out right before 420. Yeah, we got 420 coming out at the end of this week on Friday. It's a big, big official stoner holiday, the national stoner holiday, if you will. Yeah, man. And uh, another idea we came up with is that we wanted to do a giveaway for our slacker stoners out there. We want to provide something to you. We, it probably won't get to you by... It would definitely won't get to you by 420, but maybe for next 420 you can use it. Use it throughout the year. Yeah, just a holiday special. We, we've we selected a glass um, spoon bowl, if you will. Yeah. By Grav, which we, we back as a company. We say that they're really yeah. good. Yeah, I have a piece from Grav, and it's a really unique-looking glass piece, and uh, the colors they choose are what really gets me. I love their colors. Yeah, we got a cool aqua color going on for the piece that we're giving away here. Yeah, and it's it's pretty dope. I almost want to just, you know, get one for myself <laughs> at the same time. You know? <laughs> now, the way this is going to work, we're going to put up a post on Instagram with a picture of the piece, and if you want to win the prize, you'll have to follow our profile, like that post, and tag two people in the comments. And that's all you got to do. And then yeah. by Saturday, we'll announce the winner. Yes. We'll have an official post out there, official winner. And you'll know. Did you grab the glass? I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see who ends up winning this this piece. We'll probably throw a couple stickers in there, too, as well. Yeah, of course. It's only right. So, and Matt, uh, four, 420... It always sort of just, you know, it brings back memories, right? Man, isn't it weird to think back on, like, when you were first, like, new to smoking and, like, how intimidating weed really was, like, maybe, like, just, like, how much do you break it up in a bowl or how do you roll a joint? Those first couple of rolls, man, they were pretty rough. You really needed to have, like, a friend who, like, could take you under their wing and, like, teach you the knowledge. Otherwise, you're kind of lost in that world. Yeah, man, I remember stumbling around, and uh, I just I didn't have at first I didn't have the uh, knowledge at access. It was just me and a buddy who had no clue how to do it. <laughs> man, we did some pretty sketchy things, you know. I did the traditional coke can, where yep. you like crunch coke can and Pops poke and a couple holes. <laughs> that works like shit, man. But one of the worst bomb. things we did is we uh we didn't have rolling papers, and the, somehow the idea we led to we got led to was 
rolling a post-it note joint. Okay. Well, the the adhesive is pretty bad. For Yo, you, I'm sure. this was the '90s. It was a yellow post-it note. Oh, like, thick paper. It was You're better off with the... receipt paper that's not printed on. You know. <sighs> Man, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why we didn't think to like look for a book or something like that. Even like something a little less crazy. And it, of course, it didn't burn well. It was like basically like a paper bowl to smoke the weed out of. You know, you were like smoking the weed through some paper bowl and just like get right. a little bit of that and a lot of the bad fumes from that <laughs> yellow paper that I'm uh, sure. Oh. That's terrible. Oh, another yeah. rolling mishap. I, I'll never forget. I was pretty cocky about being able to roll and I thought it was a very easy thing to do. So at a party, uh, uh, someone, oh. uh, someone that we know uh, was like, oh, hey, can anyone roll this blunt? And I was like, sure. How hard could it be? And I, like, literally ripped apart this blunt wrap into, like, four fucking pieces. It was just, like, Ugh. completely obliterated. And she was like, what the fuck did you do? Did you do? And I'm like, like, all right, I got to give up be, give up on this one. I, I fucked up. I'll take that. I, I completely screwed this up. I obliterated the, this blunt. It's been eviscerated, this thing. Oh, man. Yeah, it's harder than we, you think until you, like, it, practice a bunch. Yeah, it's crazy to think because I remember those days where you would be at parties and people would be like, "I, I can't roll a blunt, but I have I have weed but in I have a weed. blunt." It's like, check please. Let me <laughs> <laughs> let me dip into that. Uh, yeah, but like there would that 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 was a common occurrence. I feel like people would always step up and be like, "Oh, I can roll a blunt," and then you would just end up with this sloppy, wet, wet. gross <laughs> patch together, mud out with thing. piece of oh. fucking tobacco leaf. Nobody wanted to smoke it after that. The weed was just soggy. <laughs> I, uh, speaking of blunts, I have, this is less 420, uh, but still weed related. Uh, My tradition every year is I roll a blunt for New Year's before the ball drops, and then I smoke it in the next year. Yes. Yeah. I I always dug that. Um, I remember we had another tradition as a group, like, where we used to get a nice, like, cigar, Mm -hmm. which this is probably way worse for you than a regular blunt, too. (laughs) But we'd get, like, a really good cigar, like a $20 cigar. Hollow it out. Yeah, well, not even like we used to take them apart and have to put them back together piece by piece because they always <laughs> broke up really fucked up. But yep. man, it would be so good. It would be like a slow burner with like a real good cigar taste. Yeah, right. a lot of times that'd be like in abandoned places. We'd end up like going oh, and smoking man. there because that's the only place you're not gonna get mm-hmm. like fucked with by the cops. Yeah, and we were very fortunate to have a place that was like an oasis to us growing up. That was a an abandoned place, but it it wasn't dangerous, and it was like the buildings were brand new almost. You know, they were only forty Recent, years old. Yeah, only recently abandoned. Yeah, I yeah, mean, we've so, had our run-ins with the cops though too. Like I've been smoking <sighs> back on trails, and only to come out to like lights turning on in your face. Oh man, yeah, I remember. Uh, didn't you get brought home? from the police in one of those incidents or was that one of our buddies that had that happen that might have been someone else because i never got brought home in a cop car i was always oh, okay. let i was always let go because i remember the, the one time i'm thinking of specifically we were at this place we called the water tower up in the trails and smoking and there was another car that pulled up next to us with a bunch of other people we knew and they were smoking they left before us and the cops caught them on the way out of the trail so then when they called after they were let go they called us and they were like hey there's cops at the end of the trail and we we're like fuck so we like threw everything we had into the woods <sighs> and then we drove out knowing that like the police lights were gonna turn on well i remember that happening a few times were you this is so like we can never tell if we were together if it was a different group right. but were you you were there at the time we threw our shit and like half the people lost their stuff in the snow it was uh, on the trail, and it wasn't even cops, it was just, like, another car. Yes, like, well, that was another time, and I was there for that. That was the, my first blue bowl that I ever had, I lost, because... Yep, it, I was there for that. They were like, th- <laughs> you guys were like, throw it, it's not worth it! And I'm like, uh, 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 and I, like, just throw yeah. it, and I'm like, oh, this sucks, I wanted to keep it. Yeah. I remember digging a hole and putting a stick on top of the hole, so I knew where <laughs> my shit was, and like I got my stuff back. pirate your treasure? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. One of the craziest smoking stories that that we both remember and recall being together was uh, two crazy events that happened in one night. And I'll always remember this day. Oh, yeah. That was that was the same night. We had recently gotten, or you had recently gotten, a portable DVD player. 
Oh my god, we're aging ourselves so bad right now. <laughs> so like, uh, man, yeah, growing up in that day, we didn't have even smartphones really. Like, those were just coming out that could play like locked-in stations. YouTube didn't even run right on them. No. But uh, yeah, we had a portable fucking DVD player, <laughs> and I believe that the the movie that was mainly played a lot of the times. <laughs> way overplayed. We loved the Notorious, <laughs> and uh, being from the yeah. East Coast and all. So we would go on these like trails that we had all over. We had our favorite areas that we'd go hide. And uh, this one trail was not far from like a housing development, like uh, just like houses in general. And uh, <laughs> I think we were just in my SUV at the time, lights out with this this uh, big DVD player up on the dashboard. So it's probably just like anybody that came up on us was like, "What the fuck is going on?" I think we're in night sob. I want to say. Nah, were we? Might it could have been. been. I felt like it was very know. cramped. <laughs> it might have been. It could have been. I don't know. Um, I just remember the DVD player and what happened next. <laughs> yeah, we were sitting there on the back trails watching Biggie. And uh, a light turns on. And we're like, oh, fuck. That's got to be a cop. That's got to be a cop. And they start coming up to us. Coming up to With us. With a mag light. To us, getting closer. It's brighter. You can't really see what it is. And they just tap on the glass. We roll down the window and all the smoke starts pouring out. <laughs> uh, and, and it's the property owner. And he goes, uh, you guys can't be here. And we're yeah. like, oh, shit. Okay, we'll yeah. leave. <laughs> and immediately we'll leave right get now, the man. fuck out of there. And he was sketchy, too. I do remember the older gentleman. He was definitely, like, the way he talked to us was just like, you got to leave now. Yeah. Like, it was just like, it was like uh, eerie a little bit. Yeah, it was definitely creepy. I mean, those were the back, back ones. Um, yeah. If, yeah, then, if he wanted to kill us, I think it was just luckily we had a car full of people, so he was like, not worth my time. And then from I? there, we <laughs> drove out to a Christmas tree farm where we saw a bunch of weird lights that were moving oh, in like different, like odd patterns and stuff like <laughs> now, that. Now, saying that, I'm sure you're like fucking stoners. No, yeah, there right? was literally an orb. Like there yeah, was an orb there was specifically, something. I remember. There was multiple people around. saw this. At first, we thought it was like a, a street light type deal, like maybe we like a lantern. We thought it was like a car very far in the distance, and then it was like oh, a yeah. lot closer, and we were like, is it a flashlight? And then we were like, I don't know what that is, because when we drove past it, because we eventually just gunned it out of there, because we were like chicken shit scared, and fucking, uh, when we drove past it, it wasn't like a flashlight where, you know, if you drive past it, you can see which direction the light's pointing. It was just light in all like all the way around almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a fucking odd thing. And I remember us just being like, all right, we're getting out of here. Yeah. It was <laughs> it too was much smoke for that day. <laughs> we got out of Dodge. Yeah. I was going to say, we're really interested in hearing what your smoking stories are. Yes. We want to. We're going to start a thread on the um, American Slackers group, I believe. And, uh, you know, even if you're not comfortable there and maybe you want to tell us, we can keep it anonymous. And I think if we get you enough, we're going to do a mention on the um, the next show of uh, just interesting smoking stories you guys might have and might want to share with people. Yeah, so, so, I mean, like Matt said, if you want to keep it anonymous, feel free to email us at americanslackerpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, and we will keep your identity concealed. And be sure to check out our Instagram for that giveaway. Yeah, it's pretty simple. We're not the type to make you share it. That's the best part, you know? Nice and easy. Don't even have to subscribe to the show. Yeah, yeah, although that would be That would be nice. Appreciate it. We'd appreciate it. All right, now it's the end of the show. Let's uh, lay down all those fat plugs on you guys. Check out the Facebook page, American Slacker Podcast, where you can, t- you can stop by the American Slackers group there and uh, chime in like the Mad King or a bunch of our other faithful slackers that are having a good old time. Don't forget to stop by the Instagram as well, where we have the uh, art promo for each and every show and a bunch of other cool images. And stop by the website, aspodcast.com or americanslackerpodcast.com, whichever you may prefer. You can also find us over on Twitter and Reddit at A-M-E-R-S-L-K-R Podcast. All of our episodes are also published to YouTube. Please rate and review the show on iTunes, five stars or nothing, and tell a friend to listen as well. That's the best way to spread it and create more slackers out there. Also, big thank you to anyone on the Instagram live watching. We always stream live on Instagram so you can see a little behind the scenes of what we do here at the show. We appreciate anyone watching. Hell yeah, thank you. And again, our email, americanslackerpodcast at gmail. If you want to get at us, send us your confidential smoking stories or whatever. 
And don't forget to check out the Spotify playlist where you will find artists like Listener and Me Without You and a bunch of other cool bands, all genres. That'll uh, keep you entertained for a couple hours. Search American Slacker Podcast. You'll find our playlist there. You can also help out the show by becoming a Patreon slacker and uh, helping support us through monetary donations over at our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash American Slacker Podcast. We're putting more and more stuff up there each day. And we also want you to head over to our shop at American Slacker Podcast.bigcartel.com. You can find shirts and mugs. And if you want to get at us on our personal shit, check me out on Instagram at MWG Media and on Xbox Live at Maddie G from HP. And I'm on Xbox and Instagram at Landers the Plane. Alrighty, thank you everybody for tuning in. We love each and every one of you. And until next time, that's it. There you go. F1 race is going on and it makes it hard to record these episodes. You know? Yeah, right. A lot of people don't know. We actually just say our, our words in between each lap as they're on the other side of the track. Pretty much. <laughs>